0: Welcome to another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study, a teaching podcast from Faith on Hill Church in Milwaukee, Oregon. My name's Adam. I'm the pastor at Faith on Hill Church, and I'm going to put 20 minutes on a timer. And while I do that, why don't you open your Bible to the book of Exodus, chapter 32. Well, with 20 minutes on the clock, Moses has been up on Mount Sinai. And he has been receiving from God the law, the Ten Commandments, and not just the big theological laws, but also the, the guidelines that God is establishing for the worship of God by the people in the tabernacle. He's also kind of establishing the rules for how do you put a nation together. And we've been studying that over the past several episodes. But Moses has been up there for a while. And in verse 1 of chapter 32, it says, When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Moses. And he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, Fashioned it with tools, then said, These are, sorry, verse, uh, then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Now that's interesting. Was it one or multiple? Um, it's hard to say. Uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know that I'd noticed this before, but they, they weren't just going to a false idol, but they were returning actually to the Egyptian form of, uh, of pantheonism, the, the multiple gods. Instead of there being one God and only one God, he is the only true God as had been the belief of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and going down uh, to their descendants, the 12 tribes of Israel for over 400 years. Now they were giving in to the false idolatry of the nation that they'd been just set free from. Verse five, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So it's almost like Aaron's trying to bring them back a little bit, but like in a really bad way, it's, it's really messed up. Okay. I've just made you a false idol, but then they're trying to make it into pantheonism. And he's going, no, 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 no. We're going to have a feast to God. The one God. Yes. It's just, this is the calf that is God. Verse six, so the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. And afterwards they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. That's the nice, polite way of the Bible saying they had a big drunken kegger and they they just got crazy. Then verse seven, the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded and have made themselves an idol, cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it. They have sacrificed to it. And they have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them, that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. Okay, before I get into this whole thing about making Moses into a great nation, I think it's worthy to point out That this is how people are. Moses has been gone for a while. And so then the people say, oh, well, you know, we're just going to get up to whatever we want. It's like Moses goes away for a few days. And then the next thing you know, they're having a big drunken orgy. (coughs) Excuse me. The pollen count is high at the time of this recording. So Moses goes away for a few days and the people just go crazy. And this is how religion is. When we just try to be spiritual on our own, often we just end up doing things for the approval of others. I'm going to do something spiritual now. Can everybody see it? I want to make sure there's a big crowd so everybody knows what I'm doing. God saw what the people are doing. God saw what the people were doing. God knows when we do something that is good and pleasing to him and no one else sees it. God knows when we sin and no one else sees it. <clears throat> just because Moses was gone, just because we move out of our parents' house if we grew up with godly parents, just because we are away from our church family for some reason, that doesn't change the, the situation. God knows whether we're living according to his goodwill and pleasure. Now, he says to Moses, I'm going to destroy them and I'll make you a great nation. Now, this would not have broken any promises. Moses, the descendant of Abraham, still, still would have fulfilled all the promises to Abraham. He could just start all over with Moses. I'll make you a great nation. You might say, well, wait a minute. Didn't didn't God say that Jesus was going to come out of the line of David? Yes, but that was way after Moses. God didn't say that until after Moses. Nothing would have changed here. What does, what does Moses do though in verse 11? Moses sought the favor of Yahweh, his God. Yahweh, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you have brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, It was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them from the face of the earth. So what Moses is saying is, if you do this, the Egyptians are going to just say that their God delivered them, but it was with evil intentions so that he could destroy them out in the wilderness. Turn away from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring your disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants uh, I will give your, uh, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land that I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then Yahweh relented and did not bring his people, on his people, the disaster that he had threatened. What's going on here? Is God just this petulant temper tantrum? They're not doing what I like, hmm. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna show them. And Moses is like the, the human who's trying to just talk him out of it. Like, hey, hey, God, can you, can you help me out here? No. The justice of God was fully correct as his anger burned against the people. Think about it this way. Imagine that you had done all of these things to help someone out, right? And that's what God did. God took people who were enslaved in Egypt and he miraculously delivered them from their captivity. Not only did he deliver them from their captivity, but they left richer than when they came. God provisioned them and blessed them and protected them. God was leading them to a promised land that he was going to give them. They had done nothing to earn it. And then when one guy is up on a mountain for longer than they would like, they don't just have a crisis of faith, but they go and they have a false idol put in place and they abandon their faith. And not just do they abandon their faith, but they totally give themselves over. I mean, let's be clear about this. One of the nice things about this podcast um, is that uh, it's you know, on Sunday mornings when we're out in the field right now, uh, the kids are out there too. And so I have to kind of edit what I say. You know, we try to keep things PG-13 anyway, but uh, you know, when we have the kids in, you know, with us on Sunday mornings in the field, I have to keep it PG. I guarantee that that it's not just that they were having a big party. I guarantee that, that people were getting just totally blind drunk. I guarantee that there was sexual immorality happening. I guarantee that there was abuse happening. I guarantee that there was child neglect happening. Um, I remember reading the book Through Gates of Splendor, which is a fantastic book that I highly recommend. And and in the opening chapters, Elizabeth Elliot, who wrote the book, describes um, the, the cultural condition of the people they were ministering to. And they would have these big uh, fiestas, which were just basically big drunken ragers, and you would hear about uh, domestic violence. You would hear about um, uh, sexual abuse. You would hear about children um, who would be injured because they were neglected. Maybe a young child near a fire, or uh, a mom or a dad would be so drunk that they would pass out and it was and, and then roll over on top of a baby and the baby would be smothered in its sleep. You'd hear about these horrible stories, and and you might say, "Oh, well, that's just this primitive culture." But the truth is, I have seen the same thing in in. In this country and in, and in Europe when I lived there, you would, you would see the same thing over and over again. So this idea that it wasn't just that they had had a crisis of faith, but they had fully given themselves to rebellion against God. And the justice of God was right to be angry. The justice of God was right to be angry about the neglect that was happening, about the abuse that was happening, about the immorality that was happening, about the rebellion that was happening. And here Moses, as he is many times in the scripture, is painting a picture of Jesus. Because Jesus, God the Son, intervenes before God the Father. God is love, but love is not all that God is. God is also just. I read a quote recently. I posted it on my Instagram, at Adam Dalhanick is my Instagram. And and it was from uh, Tim Keller, who's one of my favorite Christian authors and thinkers, and he was talking about this idea of justice and he says western culture has a loves the god of love we have no trouble with a god of mercy but the idea of a god who judges we have a hard time with and he argues it's because we have relatively speaking lived a very soft comfortable life and if you've never seen overwhelming injustice then you won't cry out for somebody to bring justice people who have lived in overwhelming injustice want the judgment of God because they want somebody to make it right. And God is fully right to have anger burning against the people as they are bringing evil into the world. Moses is a picture of Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus is our intercessor. The Love of God is fully fulfilled in Jesus, who took the justice of God that my sins and your sins deserved. The justice of God is right and holy but I will never experience it, nor will you if you are in Christ because Jesus took it all on the cross. My sin was laid on his shoulders and it was for my sin that he was crucified. It was for my sin that he was separated from the Father and he cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? It was for my sin that he was beaten, spat upon. And here is Moses interceding on behalf of the people just as Jesus intercedes on behalf of all people. All who are in him, all who have been saved by his death and resurrection. Jesus stands before the father and says, they're mine. I've paid for them. And the father looks at Jesus and he says, yes, you have. Yes, you have. And he welcomes in his children. Verse 15, then Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on both sides. Verse 17, when Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there is the sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, that is not the sound of victory. It is the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. So Joshua and Moses are are way up on Mount Sinai. And Joshua stopped a little ways from the top of the mountain and Moses went all the way up on on his own. So Moses comes down, he meets Joshua, where Joshua has been waiting faithfully. And Joshua says, hey, I hear a lot of noise. And he has assumed, he has assumed that there is war, that the people have been attacked. And that's why Moses is coming back down because there's a battle happening and Moses is coming down to, to help the people. And Moses says, it's not the sound of victory. They didn't win a battle, nor is it the sound of defeat. We haven't been defeated by our enemies. He says, it's the sound of singing that I hear. Verse 19, when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets in his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made and he burned it in the fire. And he ground it into powder and he scattered it on the water and he made the Israelites drink it. And he said to Aaron, Why did these people, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? So, first of all, even though Moses is a picture of Jesus, he is not Jesus. He had no right to destroy the tablets, nor did God tell him to make the people drink that. That bitter water. I'm so thankful that Jesus is so much better. We have the opportunity to be a picture of Jesus to the world around us. And at the same time, if, if somebody who has claimed to be a Christian has not painted a good picture of Jesus, know that, that Jesus is always better, and that Jesus is always truer, and Jesus is always more loving. Now, he says to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? So he's basically saying, did they threaten you? Did they hold you at, at sword point? Uh, did, what, what was going on? And verse 22, do not be angry, my Lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods that will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. So I told them, whoever has any jewelry, take it off. And then they gave me the gold and I threw it into the fire and out came this calf. It just happened. It was just there. I don't know. I don't know. I just threw the gold earrings into the fire and the next thing you know, boom, this calf came out. Isn't that how we are? Sometimes you'll hear people say, oh, I slipped up. (laughs) My, my, uh, My college pastor back in the day uh, he used to say, you know, people tell me, oh, I slipped up. And it's like, oh, you just slipped on a banana peel and you, you found that, you found those drugs. No, you just slipped on that banana peel and and you stole that thing. Oh, you just slipped on that banana peel and all your clothes flew off. Like there, there, this idea of, oh, I just slipped up. I don't know how it happened. The calf came out. Aaron knew what he was doing. Aaron, Aaron's a willing accomplice in all of this. And he's trying to pass the blame off. Oh, well, you know, it's one thing to just literally, I, I I really do think there is a difference. There is like literal slip up. Like, you know what? I really should have handled that better. You uh, know, th- there are times you're tired, uh, you hit your you hit your finger with a hammer, and yet you, you, you'd say something, you do something you shouldn't. I, I think that might classify as a slip up. Um, you know, somebody hits their finger with a hammer and they, they drop a swear. I'm not shocked by that, you know? Um, I... I, I what we're talking about, though, is this was an intentional choice. Like He didn't sit around and plan, like, I'm going to make a calf today. But when the moment came, he did the deed. It's not a slip-up. He chose to sin. Verse 25, Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and so become a laughingstock to their enemies. So he stood up at the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, This is what Yahweh, the God of Israel, says. Each man strap on a sword to his side, go back and forth throughout the camp from one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 of the people died. Then Moses said, You have been set apart to the Lord today, for you were against your own sons and brothers, and he he has blessed you this day. Whoa, that seems harsh. It's interesting to me that Moses says, go and kill everybody, but they only kill 3,000, and then Moses says, good job. I think you have to read between the lines a little bit here and assume that these 3,000... Remember, the the golden calf was made by the jewelry, the gold jewelry of the people, so there had to be enough to make a calf. My guess is that these are the 3,000. This is the group that had pressured... Aaron. And when Moses comes back, they doubled down. They wouldn't repent. They wouldn't turn away. They wouldn't give up their sin. That's my guess. I think it's a reasonable one reading between the lines. Verse 33, then the Lord replied to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now go lead the people to the place I spoke of and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their sin Then the Lord struck the people with a plague because of what they did with the calf Aaron made. So what's going on is the people who were not repenting, the people who had sort of like, we're going to oppose Moses, you get the kind of indication that they're going to kill Moses and continue on with the worship of the golden calf. And so Moses says, these guys got to go and they are cut out. But the people still had consequences. Even those who repented, there were still consequences for what they had done. And next week, we will look more at the consequences and and how that is all dealt with. But as our time draws to a close, I want to end with a good reminder that this is why we live in the new covenant. You hear Christians talk about this a lot. We live in the new covenant, the covenant of grace. The people said, yes, God, we will be your people. You will be our God. We will follow your laws. And then what did they do? They They went and did the complete opposite and they had the consequences for it. Now we have this better covenant and a better sacrifice, Jesus Christ, and we can experience the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy and the peace of God. Oh, Jesus is so much better than any religion has to offer. I want to thank you for joining us again for another episode of the 20 Minute Bible Study. We have audio versions on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Video versions are available on our Facebook page. Faith on Hill Church gathers in person and online every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Online in the same places as this podcast, plus a video version is also available on our website. In person, we're outside as long as the weather holds. Bring a lawn chair or beach blanket. We'll see you then. My name's Adam, and we'll see you for another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study.